Hi. Thanks for having me in your feed. If you're listening to the podcast or thanks for watching, if you're watching this video right now, I'm Steven Toon. I'm a worship leader, a songwriter, a husband, a dad, a son, a brother, and all the things a guy tries to be. Uh, I disappeared on you for a few months. Our last episode was so good that I suppose it naturally became the season finale. The problem is I went off the grid on you and I forgot to tell you what's next. You're here though, and I'm here, and this is what's next. Season two of the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. Stay with us. We're going to start in a moment. Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. So, I just discovered my new favorite series. It's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida, and it stars Kirsten Dunst, Mel Rodriguez, two actors that I absolutely love to watch. Mel is from Better Call Saul and Last Man on Earth. Great shows. Amazing work by him. And On Becoming has uh, many more great actors, including Theodore Pellerin, who I think is Canadian who I recognize, but I don't think I've seen his work before. He's hilarious in this, like just great. He plays the character so well. And another old fave, Julie Benz, who played Darla in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you know me, I'm a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I'm a, a Joss Whedon uh, lover, but I'm getting too detailed here. I'm nerding out on one of my favorite topics, which is actors who make the magic on film, TV, and stage. Um, but this show, On Becoming a God in Central Florida, it's all about a multi-level marketing cult and how it seems to be the glue that holds this community of people together. Many of them are driven by greed. Um, they're, they're downright narcissists, <laughs> like vampires sucking dry their downline, as they call it, and bowing at the feet of their upline, the higher-ups in the organization. There's the downline and the upline. But... Among these blood-sucking members are some good and wholesome characters. Some of them are in this to make a living or at least some supplement it, right? And some are to get there to get rich quick and, you know, they just want the money, right? Some of them are in it because it's a community, a place of acceptance and excitement and all the warm and fuzzies we all love so much in life. I'm only a few episodes in, but from what I can tell, we're basically watching lives unfold in the midst of uh, this race to make it rich. We see how the culture of this community is able to support you in your journey or very quickly become the scapegoat to blame if and when things go horribly wrong, which they do. Let's be honest though, with an organization like this, it's not really a scapegoat. It's, it's probably because they're truly evil that, uh, you know, these things are happening and, and they need to take responsibility for some of the mess, at least. Now, this is not a full-on spoiler alert, but skip ahead if you don't want to hear any more about the show. Uh, the main character, played by Dunst, is really in a balancing act of hating the MLM culture and embracing it. In the first few episodes, it seems that she's discovering a way to take the good and use or redeem the bad to help her get ahead. There are some whose lives have been ruined by the company and its founder and others who won't stop spewing the pitch of health, wealth, and freedom all in his name. Dunst's character, Crystal Stubbs, has a knack for making herself useful and almost indispensable while quietly keeping the upper hand over her superiors. 
From the outside, she's a firm believer in the multi-level marketing company that's called FAM. And, oh, there's my dog. And a devoted follower of its methods, products, principles. On the inside, though, she's simply a person trying to survive in this challenging world. A single mom recently lost her husband to, uh, to an alligator. That's another story. With a mortgage and a crap job, she gets... Uh, she gets down and discouraged at times, but she always finds a way to spin her situations, turning them into a step up instead of a breakdown. Can you see why this has me hooked? Probably the same reason why shows like Buffy, Large, uh, Lodge 49, <laughs> and Better Call Saul keep me watching. Regular people with huge battles to fight, like all of us, normal people with quirks and issues, gifts and talents who get enmeshed and entwined in their community and their vocation, all the while trying to make a good go of it. The decisions they make sometimes have terrible consequences. The allegiances they create can oft uh, be with shady characters or outright evil villains. But at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the episode or the season of the series, they almost always learn that the only thing worth living or dying for is love. Love, not just the feeling or experience of it, but the giving kind of love, submitting to others, caring for others, putting yourself last, which ultimately gets you first in a way. Okay, so now that I've revealed this, you know, TV series or films or whatever, they're one of my secret inspiration wells. Let's get to the point. These stories that are woven all through human history, whether as embellished historical accounts or myth shared orally, the, the same stories that are all over film and TV and literature, including our very own Holy Bible, they have common threads. You can name the character Crystal, or you can name her Wonder Woman, or Optimus Prime, Leia Organa, Forrest Gump, Kim Wexler, or Hercules. The deep uh, and quite true narrative runs through them all. Yes, in obvious and uh, outspoken ways, but also in subtle hidden ways. It's almost always there. Themes of love, loss, surrender, martyrdom, good triumphing over evil, adventure, death, and resurrection... These are present, and not just in these stories, but in our day-to-day -day lives. In the uh, Becoming a God in Central Florida show, we see firsthand how these themes and experiences are woven in and around community. We see how one group of people have something that others end up wanting. Really, though, the, the haves are looking outside to recruit others because they are actually have-nots. The potential recruits have something that they need. Cash. <laughs> and the time and the energy to go out and find more money, right? If you play your cards right, you'll get to be a have while spreading the good news of FAM, the MLM. But most people in the community are, are actually have-nots, hungry for more recruits because they need them just to eke out an existence. I hope that's not too confusing. To put it simply, the promise is wealth, happiness, and freedom. But the reality is you got to work your butt off and feed the machine daily if you want that wealth and so-called freedom and happiness. That comes to people who make it. So don't let anyone fool you. The grass may be greener on the other side, but guess how they got it to grow? Let's not miss the fact that the multi-level marketing company has its own language, its own music, its methods of motivation, its branding and literature as well as figureheads to really drive home the structure and the hierarchy of it all my kids are home i can hear them I, you probably can too through the microphone but they're greeting the dog and having some fun joining this group is like a religious experience a spiritual awakening now this is a real spoiler alert okay just listen 
to what Crystal's friend Ernie says to her when he decides to join. He's just been to an event with a bunch of fam members, and he had his son Harold with him. And he says this, I don't know much about fam, okay? But I do know how I felt when I was in there. I felt surrounded, surrounded by love and positivity, by family, like a warm blanket. That's what I've been missing. That's what Harold needs. I want in. I want to be part of the fam. Now, the look on Crystal's face is very subtle, but for those who know what she knows about the cult-like organization, we see it as hesitation and regret. Her friend is so excited to join, and she's been working on him for months now, but she knows it might not be as good for him as he thinks. This reminds me of listening to David Bazan's albums over the years. Under his band and artist name, uh, Pedro the Lion, and his own name, he documented his years, his years-long journey uh, as a Christian who slowly realized that he did not agree with the behavior and beliefs of many in the fold, and eventually declared that he had left the church and no longer wants to be known as a Christian. He's not mean or spiteful. He's mostly very thoughtful and intelligent and, and honest about his observations of what he saw and experienced in the church over his lifetime. He saw some great values and philosophies. He also saw a ton of hypocrisy, legalism, bigotry, abuse, manipulation, and all the other things that go along with being in a human organization. The problem, though, is that our origin for our organization, it's in a God and a man who taught selfless love, peace, and nonviolence, obedience and respect to God and others. He taught us to love our enemies, to take care of each other, especially those who are poor, marginalized, alone, and needing community. What David and many others see active in the church are, are values and practice that are counter to Jesus' teachings. Money and popularity and power and self-promotion often win over the merciful, just, and humble way of life that Christ taught. I'm not pretending to know David Bazan or where he's at with any of this stuff. But his albums told the story of a kid who experiences a gracious and loving God and a selfish and sinful church at the same time. So here's Crystal, the hero of On Becoming a God in Central Florida, at least in these first few episodes that I've seen. And she's preaching and offering uh, a proverbial solid gold to people, knowing full well that it's probably only gold-plated. If she lets Ernie in, Will he continue to feel the love and acceptance and joy of the fam? And uh, you got to add to that the fact that he's already an amazing guy. He's super selfless, super reliable and responsible, a good father, a great husband, a great friend. If she welcomes him into the fold, will that crush him? Will it tarnish this saint? <laughs> and I've seen many a saint in the church experience a bit of tarnishing. Sadly, it seems to be an expected occurrence. The senior pastor caught with his hand in the offering plate, the admin pastor with child porn on his laptop, the high-up leader of a popular organization or movement who's found out to be a sex addict who's taking advantage of his vulnerable employees, most of them survivors of sexual abuse themselves. I guess he figured they were already victims. They're an easy target for his grooming and eventual attack. It's gross. Why am I focusing on this in an episode of Worship Leader Life? Because 
it's here. It's in our faces every day. It's in our churches. It's in our schools. It's in our own lives. The games we play or we find others playing on us. Games rooted in our emotional problems and scars. Games we create to try to cope with real adult life. You got bills. You got a wife who's unhappy with her failings. You got a husband who never comes home. Did I say her failings, your failings? <laughs> you got a, a, you know, a husband who never comes home. You got little mouths to feed and, and, and rent to pay, utilities and grocery bills. You have a job to contend with. It's no wonder our lives play out like a TV show. And it's no wonder it's both a relief and a battle to get up and lead worship on Sunday morning. When you get up to lead worship, are you offering the Ernie's out there a cup of cold water or a hot and soothing bath? or just some more lukewarm liquid to placate them and to help them cope with another week of all the bullshit. Are you inviting your friends and your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your church community into a loving, caring, merciful, and just organization? Or just another multi-level marketing scheme filled with vampires trying to feed off of each other just enough to get ahead but not so much that you bleed each other dry. This is really just a reminder, a call, not to arms, but to submission. Let go. Take a deep breath and let go. Stop trying to create a happy, sappy sing-song time on Sunday mornings. Let your guard down. Spend some time with the Father who loves you. And he loves all the vampires, all the bullies, and the Ernie's. In fact, he's more than a father. He's your mother. She's your spirit. He's your shield. She's your sustenance. He's your wise old sage. She's your go-to best friend and confidant. And guess what else? God likes to manifest all of this in his children. Yes, he'll come to you in the quiet place, in the prayer closet. He'll touch you, heal you, and direct you in ways that only your creator can. But he most definitely shows up in your brothers and sisters, washing your feet, binding your wounds, feeding your hunger, quenching your thirst. You know the parable of the hot, cold, and lukewarm water? It's often mistaught or mispreached, but Jesus was teaching us that to be hot was good. Think of a hot tub or a good, good soothing bath after a long, hard week. Um, and a cup of cold water, even better. It cools you down after a hot day in the sun. And you can't survive without water. So, of course, the cold water is good. But lukewarm water in either of those situations, that would be either uncomfortable or just gross. Your people... If you are lukewarm, and if your church community is lukewarm, they're going to get out of that bathtub and they're going to spit out that warm water. So this Sunday or Wednesday or whatever day or night you might be leading worship or just worshiping our Lord, drink from his cup of refreshing water and then pass it on to your sisters and brothers. Maybe reserve an extra cup or two for the bigots, the power hungry, the selfish, the addicts, the emotionally needy, the criminals. Anyone who you think might need a little extra goodness to drive out the bad. God knows I need it. I bet you do too. This has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. 
You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. shelter, comfort, and healing from all my pain. Your love, it transforms and reclaims your touch. We love your embrace. Savior, rescued me while I was still in sin. I'll never Receive condemnation or shame again Covered by the song of your love I'm saved by the mark of your blood Oh, you fly like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken you man again one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never weak You're rushing like a breaker but you calm the sea You glorify the Father and spread His name Jesus, there's none like you A friend and a brother, we know your voice Lover, meeting our needs and empowering choice You speak, you're the living word We can't get enough of you, Lord Oh, you fly like an eagle Just to praise you, Lord. 
just to praise you, Lord. I will follow all my days, surrendering everything, Jesus, just to know you more, just to know you Just to praise you, Lord. Just to praise you, Lord. I will follow all my days, surrendering everything. Jesus, just to know you more. Just to know you Never weep. 
You're rushing like a breaker, but you calm the sea. You glorify the Father and spread His name, Jesus. There's none like You. Jesus, there's none like You.